you're tuned in to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast. Powerful ideas to rock your restaurant. Here's your host, Roger Bodwin. Guys, if you're running a restaurant, you have to stay relevant to the consumer as well as your loyal audience and always be reaching ahead of the curve. When I was an operator, I was always about dominating my competition and it all started with my brand. I was a relentless brand builder. So today I'm super excited to be talking with Mr. Lee Zucker and Mr. Rev Ciancio and they're from a company called Yext.com. These guys are digital knowledge management experts, but forget the fancy title for a moment. They're all about maximizing your brand presence and message consistently, no matter where a consumer searches to find you. Now, this goes far beyond your website. No, the consumers are searching for food now more than any other type of business. So you want to make sure that your operation shows up no matter where, when, or how customers search and that your brand message is as powerful as it can be. So give a lesson as today we're talking online review strategies, online ordering, driving loyalty and repeat business, and most importantly, marketing like a big brand without the big brand budget. And yes, we'll also talk about why scorpions on your menu will drive business. Now, before I get on with the episode, I want you to know that I love talking shop with operators. If you're having a restaurant challenge or just have a burning question that's in need of advice, why not hop a call? Hop on a call with me. It's free. No worries, okay? It's fun for me and a real game changer. Just use my calendar link. Now, last, I have to tell you that Restaurant Rockstars is having a huge summer sale for a limited time on some of our most popular and powerful training tools. The Profit Maximizer. It delivers three powerful techniques, maximizing menu profit, how to double sales day in and day out, and how to drive lots of new and repeat business. Sales Stars, that's our complete service staff training system that builds your dream team, lowers turnover, increases sales, delivers amazing guest service experiences, and yes, builds your brand. And I'm really excited to announce our latest and greatest all-new product, How to Start a Mug Club. That's right. Here's a proven way to bring in thousands of dollars in new cash flow while building affinity with your customer. If you sell draft beer or it works for coffee shops too, check it out. All on sale now at restaurantrockstars.com. Now, on with the episode. Welcome back, everyone, to the Restaurant Rockstars podcast, engaging topics to help restaurants build their brands, rock their profits, and deliver amazing guest service experiences. The brand piece is really important today, so I'm going to open with a question for our audience. How are your consumers experiencing your restaurant brand, especially today across multiple platforms? And finally, is your brand and your brand message consistent and impactful? That's the question that we're going to explore today with our two experts. Um, Today, we're talking digital knowledge management, and these two people are well experienced in the hospitality and food service space. I want to welcome today Lee Zucker and Rev Ciancio. Welcome, Lee and Rev. How are you guys today? Uh, Doing great. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Super psyched to be here. 
Awesome. Well, I'm excited on this show. Now, you know, there's a lot of restaurants out there that are just getting their feet wet with digital marketing and social media and SEO, and we can run the gamut and go across the board. So we're going to specifically talk about uh, digital knowledge management because you guys know all about that and how this can help restaurants improve their brand performance, increase their sales performance. So why don't we start with what exactly is digital knowledge management and why should restaurants out there care about that, guys? So it's a great set of questions and a great way to frame sort of what's happening online today. This is Rev, by the way. Uh, Get these voices straight somewhere through here. Uh, So real quickly, digital knowledge is basically all the public facts about your restaurant brand that live online for somebody to to search or or research about it. So it could be, you know, something really obvious like your name, address, phone number, but also your hours of operation, your chef's bio, whether you have a gluten-free menu or, or really most importantly, the things that are actually on your menu. And then digital knowledge management is actually the action of organizing, sourcing, and making sure that information is accurate everywhere that your restaurant brand lives online. So not just your own website, but also you know apps, maps, chatbots, AI, voice assistants, review sites, literally anywhere where a consumer could interact with your restaurant brand. Awesome. Okay, so that's where the message and the brand and all the details about what consumers are seeing really need to be consistent across all those potential search platforms. Now, I believe you had presented some information that I found really compelling, and it's a truthful fact that consumers are actually searching for food more than any other business category today. So it's really, really important that you know your restaurant operation shows up impactfully and consistently no matter where, when, and how they search. Is that fact really, uh, you know, that's up to the minute? I mean, food is the thing, huh? Yeah, that's what people are searching for. And it, you have to think about it when when you're looking to eat, uh, maybe more specifically for lunch or dinner or after work on the way home from the office looking to pick something up for the family, uh, the way that you're making that decision is with very high intent um, and is with immediacy as well. So it, it makes sense that when people are searching, they're looking to make a decision quickly. Uh, and what they're searching for is something that you know they they really you know don't have an opinion on until they're able to see the information right in front of them and, and capture that experience um, to to decide where they want to go eat. And most people are going to online reviews right now. They're also Googling, you know, TripAdvisor and Yelp and all those different places to find if you're traveling to a new city or even if you want to try something new in your own community. It's like online reviews are so huge right now. And I've heard also that people put so much faith and trust in those reviews. It's almost like a family member or a best friend told them that and and they put that much stock in it. Are you finding that to be true? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the way that consumers are, are searching for a restaurant um, has, has changed quite a bit. So not only are, are restaurants the, the number one search category, um, but also 70% of consumers are searching without a specific restaurant in mind. They're doing so by cuisine type or a food item. And when you search via cuisine type or a food item, whether that be via Google or Siri or on Yelp or Bing or anywhere else, uh, what you get back are, are really direct answers. You, you're getting back 
you know, the map pack, which is the, the three locations that are above, you know, the 10 blue links, uh, or you're getting back, you know, one answer if you're on a digital assistant. Now, what makes that really relevant is all the information that is part of that, uh, that search, um, including the reviews, has a major impact on whether somebody is coming to eat at a restaurant. Um, so yes, reviews are, are really important and we're seeing uh, some much more significant conversion on restaurants that receive uh, more reviews and higher reviews. But beyond that, uh, search engines uh, and the bots actually treat you better uh, as a restaurant and as a search uh, if you do have better reviews. They want to recommend better restaurants with more up-to-date reviews, more free, frequent reviews, and higher reviews um, to the, the searchers using their platform. And that's and probably a function of algorithms that are programmed specifically to elevate those with the highest reviews, the most quality reviews, the most consistent and extensive reviews. That's kind of where you're going with that? Yeah, well, so in, in, in sort of the spring of 2016, Google came out and basically told everybody how the local algorithm works. And, you know, so the question is, how does that answer get into the map pack? Yeah. Uh, so Google looks at three factors. One is distance, which is obvious, you know, where are you searching? You know, relevance is the second piece. That's about the item uh, and then how consistent that information is around the web. And then the last piece, which is basically what Google surfaced in April of 2016, was uh, something called prominence. And they they define that as a business's public reputation. And so what sort of what we're talking about here is Google is saying that they rank businesses against each other uh, on their recent ratings and reviews. So, you know, the example I like to give is if you have a pizza shop on one side of the street and a pizza shop on the other side of the street, and they're almost the same, they have the same menu, same pricing, it's really not that different. Um, and one of them has gotten a bunch of positive reviews last week, and the other one hasn't had any positive reviews in several weeks or a month. The one with the more recent positive reviews is more likely to come up in search. Makes sense. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. So this whole approach we're talking about, how can that increase the value of a restaurant's traditional marketing spend? I know restaurants, uh, mine included, had a specific marketing budget that was refined year after year after year. And we really dialed down to the most effective things that had the most highest proven ROI to it. So this whole approach obviously increases the value of that. But how does that work? Yeah, so uh, again, going back to how consumers are, are finding your restaurant, I mean, the, the challenge with restaurants from the beginning of time is uh, acquiring new customers uh, and keeping existing customers coming back. Well, if they're searching without your brand name in mind or your restaurant name in mind, um, then you are not going to be discovered. Uh, so when you think about uh, how people are utilizing Google or how people are utilizing Siri or Google Home or Alexa, uh, they're asking questions the way that you and I would ask a question uh, to each other. So, Roger, if we were to go out for dinner, um, it's not so much of a, if you were in New York, I wouldn't ask you, like, where do you want to go eat? I would ask you, what do you want to eat today? Or what do you want to have for dinner? Um, and so then the way that I make that search uh, via these digital assistants and these intelligent services is based on that. Now, the challenge is, is because most people are searching that way, 
if you're not there, if you're not an answer to Alexa or to Google or to any of these intelligent services, well, then you're not an option. And so what Rev was talking about earlier with um, the three components that allow a restaurant to show up in the map pack, well, that's where the decisions come from. And when you start uh, looking at those answers across platforms, so across um, you know Google as a desktop provider and then a chat bot and then a voice assistant, the answer that you get when I look for best Chinese restaurant around me is the same no matter what platform you use. But the way that that Chinese restaurant gets there is because they have more than four stars, they have all of their structured content, um, so that is like their menu information and their name, address, phone number there, and the proximity to where you're making that search is close to them. Makes so sense. when we look at an ROI, we and the way that we articulate this to our brands um, is uh, based on impressions and based on actions such as directions and clicks to call. Uh, and then we even have a, a lot of interesting uh, stats around how that converts to online ordering and repeat orders, et cetera. And it's all because the way that people are starting their search, no matter if they know a brand like McDonald's, um, they are still using uh, these intelligent services uh, to ask, you know, where is the nearest restaurant that has ice cream or where can I find a restaurant good for kids? Okay, so we're talking about moving beyond the website and how restaurants can obviously manage their menus online and really take it to the next step that drives loyalty, online orders, all that sort of thing. This is all super important information. How can uh, restaurants out there optimize these tools that are available to them? What advice would you give uh, that sort of thing to move to the next step if they're missing a lot of these key details? Yeah, so... Uh, also, Rev mentioned in the three things that impacted the map pack, the first one uh, is distance. The second one is relevance. Mm -hmm. And what relevance means is if I'm making a search and I'm looking for, uh, if I'm using a natural language search such as, hey, I want a restaurant with Wi-Fi good for kids, outdoor seating uh, that's open near me. How are you making sure that your restaurant is, is showing up? Well, it's about having as much what we call and what the search engines call structured data in as many places as possible. So what structured data is, and we're not going to go any more technical than this, okay. is language that all these intelligence services, so Google and Bing and, and, every, and all the other uh, voice assistants, et cetera, it's the language that they understand. So if I'm using Google to look for a restaurant with Wi-Fi good for kids and outdoor seating, why do I get those answers in the search results? Well, it's because the data that is within Google that those restaurants provided says that, yes, they're good for kids. Yes, they have outdoor seating. Yes, they're open now and their name, address and phone number is correct and they know my location. So that's where that information is out there. Now, where you get even more complex is when somebody is searching for a, a cuisine or a food item. So if I'm looking for curly fries near me, uh, I'm, I'm, why is Arby's showing up um, in the map pack? Uh, well, the reason that Arby's is showing up is because they have curly fries mentioned on their menu. They have curly fries mentioned all over their website. 
They have curly fries mentioned within their reviews, and all of that information is backed by this structured data, uh, which I was I was talking about earlier. Okay. So the way that restaurants can start ranking for this and and you know best in class uh, ways to make sure that you're showing up for those intelligent searches is by ensuring that you have that structured menu data out there um, that you and not just on Google everywhere it lives online. Uh, you have a, a lot of reviews and you're managing those reviews, responding to them with the keywords that, you know, they're talking about within uh, within that review, such as food items and cuisine type. Uh, and then the last thing is uh, making sure that your website is kept best in class up to speed with all the new SEO uh, and, and structured data parameters to make sure that uh, the search engines and intelligent services voice assistants can actually read your website different from how a consumer can actually read your site. Okay, that was, that was a lot of really powerful information. Let me disseminate it really quick and ask you a question. So we're talking about structured data and you used curly fries as an example. So just so I understand this correctly, and just so that the audience can optimize their particular menu using keywords. Now, menus are extensive in most restaurants, and there's lots of things we feature. Some feature sushi, some feature pizza, burgers, steaks. It goes on and on and on. Would you suggest that, that we start with a short list of maybe the most popular items, the signature items, the specialties of the house kind of things for the structured data, or the, what we think people are most likely to search for? Did I miss anything in what you delivered? Uh, no, I, you know, what we recommend is as much information as possible, getting out in as many places as possible okay. is what you really want. Um, the key is consistency of that information too on your website, on Google, on Bing, on Facebook, Yelp, TripAdvisor, et cetera. That's where you sit, really start to gain value from having this information out there. Now, if you're deciding whether I want to put the resources or the man hours to updating my menu everywhere or whether I want to have my entire wine list or you know just the top five that um, – that, that are most popular in the restaurant um, because you don't want to take all that time to do it, well, then some information is better than no information. And if you want to rank the, the things, rank for the things that are most popular at that restaurant or that people are coming to your restaurant uh, to order most frequently, um, then yeah, that's a great way to start. But the recommendation is always more consistent information in more places is the better. Okay, maybe we're on the same topic here. Why should a restaurant add scorpions to their menus? <laughs> Tell us about that. That's got my attention. You might get a two-parter here. Uh, I think that if in the world of curiosity, right, because it's actually a great item, if you hear that this is a thing that bugs are on menus now, yeah, I have you want to try them. The only way you're going to find them is search because there isn't a known brand that's the bug thing, right? Yeah. You can't go to Taco Bell and, or Applebee's or IHOP. Like none of these brands have bugs. Yeah. So, so if you oh, are yeah. Elite, yeah. is a very curious eater and has eaten a scorpion and you want to search for it, the only way you're going to find it is through search or recommendation. And then you're still going to look it up to make sure they actually have that scorpion. The What you want to happen then is – have to make sure that Scorpion is on your menu, on your website, it's on Google, it's on Foursquare, it's on Yelp, it's on, it's literally everywhere. 
So online reviews are intricately and intimately linked to reputation management. Let's get on that subject right now. Obviously, there are impacts that are real as well as potential impacts with reputation management. What are your suggestions or advice for operators in that topic? Well, I mean, you sort of nailed it. Reviews really have about, there's three main reasons why reviews are impactful. We kind of already discussed the SEO aspect of this, mm -hmm. right? But reviews also inform customer decisions. So like if I search uh, best scorpions near me and there happens to be four restaurants that serve scorpions and two of them, all the reviews of their scorpions are terrible, well, I'm not going to eat scorpions at those restaurants. Yes. Uh, and so, right, so they inform a customer decision. Um, and lastly, they're also good for restaurants who want to innovate. Like, hey, what's the next thing I want to do with my business or what do my customers want from me? Typically, those answers are already in reviews, right? So they're good for customer innovation. Um, but I think the question was more around uh, what's a tactical way to go at, at managing them? Is that where you're going with this? Yeah, and it's also a multi-part question. That's the first piece of it. And then I was going to ask you if you recommend that restaurants, whether it be the owner, the GM, you know, handle their own reputation management and how often and how many reviews should they respond to, both positive and negative, or should they outsource this to a company that's literally all over it all the time? I mean, what, what are your thoughts on both those areas? Well, I, I would, I mean, look, our, our standard answer and, and even my personal opinion is that if you have the, the time, the manpower and ability that you respond to every single review on every single platform every single time, wow. whether it's wow. a five star or a one star and whether it's TripAdvisor or Yelp or Google or Foursquare, like if you can respond, you should. Now, that is really a difficult premise to it attack. Is especially at a scalable level, you know, when you're a, a brand like a Burger King or, or you know, you, you know, you have thousands of restaurants around the world, like it's just not easy to do. So we get that. Um, we've actually done some pretty deep analytic research here into our own customers and some databases uh, that we have access to. And what we sort of learned is there's this great rule called the 40-40 rule. Lee, do you want to explain the 40-40 rule? Yeah, the 40-40 rule is basically talking about how you respond to 40% of your reviews and you can get a 40% lift in your star rating. So mm. what we recommend if you have limited resources is respond to all one-star and two-star reviews and half of three-star reviews. While it's great to feel warm and fuzzy about responding to the four and five reviews, if resources are limited, where you're really going to get the biggest bang for your buck is by responding to all one and two and half of three-star reviews. That should give you enough of a lift to start seeing some real, uh, some real incremental revenue uh, on that effort. That's excellent advice. Um, one thing that you know, you asked about whether whether it's important, whether you know restaurants should be managing it now. We're seeing uh, with all the different verticals that we work with, the restaurant space growing in terms of the number of reviews um, that they are getting on a per location basis faster than any other category. Um, so just within a year, uh, we've seen a 53% growth in the number of reviews um, that, that restaurant brands are getting. And the challenging thing is, is that uh, there's also a pretty, uh, pretty clear correlation to the amount of time a 
restaurant operator is responding to the review compared to if that review is going to be changed or the uplift on those reviews. So we recommend responding to as many reviews as possible um, in a week or less. And I guess the recommendation is start with that 40-40 rule, but if your goal is to respond to 100% of those reviews, well then if you're not willing to staff up or if you can't staff up, um, then it's, it's important to look at a platform or a tool or to outsource those initiatives uh, to make sure that you're managing those properly. Thanks for clarifying. I think that's excellent to follow. Okay, that makes perfect sense and that's where I was going with that. Let's move on to obviously... You know, a lot of our audience are independent operators. Some of them are individual franchisees of much larger companies that have a reputation. They have an established brand, and that's why people get involved with the franchise to begin with. But let's just say, what can a restaurant or a small chain of restaurants do to market their particular brand as if they were a much larger brand, but they don't quite have that much larger budget? One of the things that that we talk about uh, with with our smaller brands um, and our independence uh, is that with digital knowledge management, uh, everything is made equal, right? The 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 bots and and Google and these intelligent services they don't favor uh, a brand that has a larger budget uh, showing up higher in search. Um, the reason why historically brands with a larger budget have sometimes shown up higher in search is because they're they're building their website and they're building their SEO ecosystem um, to trump you know the the little guys and the independents. Um, but back to what Rev talked about about what influences the map pack or really when we think about make, making natural language searches, and my recommendation based on having more structured data everywhere, um, that makes all things equal. So when we look at you know, uh, distance, relevance, and prominence, uh, well, you know, Lee's Pizza down the street could uh, have as much structured data, as much menu content, more reviews, higher reviews, and a website that's structured uh, best-in-class for search um, and beat out Domino's every single time um, based, on, based on those queries. So with digital knowledge management, uh, all things are equal. Uh, you just have to uh, decide that you're going to invest in that because we know that small independents, small chains aren't going to invest in um, mainstream media like, like the big brands. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's talk about an influencer campaign. Can you first describe that for the audience and then tell restaurants how they can run or first start one and then run it? Oh, man, that's like a whole other interview. Um, So (laughs) influencer marketing is, I mean, it's a form of of advertising that sort of surfaces uh, in a word of mouth like state from uh, an industry leader who's built a following around their opinion. That was a really fancy way of saying, mm-hmm. I have an Instagram account with lots of pizza on it. Um, <laughs> but basically, you know, there are sort of these community leaders out there uh, who are outspoken on social media in terms of sharing you know, food content and recommendations. And it could be you know, somebody who's just a Yelp elite, or it could be somebody with a YouTube channel, or in the restaurant space, typically it's somebody on Instagram who's curated a large following uh, 
uh, for sharing food pictures and food recommendations. Um, and so those influencers, they're probably more based in an urban area like a New York or an LA or Chicago. Uh, but that's not to say that, um, that's not to say that, uh, they don't exist in smaller places. Just there's probably more of them in a larger space. So anyway, that's what an influencer is. And then how to get started with an influencer. Well, it's a really, it's actually way more complicated than most people think it is. And it takes a lot more work than you think it does to do it effectively. And I would say that if you are working with an agency or have a budget, I would actually outsource that. Um, unless you're brand big enough where you have somebody internally who can handle it. If you don't have the budget, the best way to do it is get onto Instagram, if you're a small operator, go to a restaurant's page that you know has had influencers go there, go to their location page and look at the photos. If it is a brightly colored, in focus, delicious looking picture of food, it was probably taken by an influencer. Yeah. You then tap on their screen name and invite them into your restaurant. Mm -hmm. uh, that's sort of the easiest way to find them locally. But I, I find that um, a lot of restaurants do it the wrong way. They sort of don't know how to measure the ROA. ROI. They don't, they don't have an idea of what's the long-term value of it. You know, they don't necessarily know how to serve that person. And so that's why I would also recommend that if, if it is something you're considering as a, a even a small business, uh, it, I would hire an agency or at least get another influencer who can help you sort of do it the right way. Cause you, you're going to want to make sure that they're using the right hashtag. You're going to make sure that they're posting within a week. You want to make sure that they geotag the locate. Like there's all these other little things that sort of are uh, agnostic to the Instagram platform that you may not be thinking about because you're busy actually running your restaurant business. Okay, great answer. Um, that's the complex answer. I guess the simple answer that I would offer the audience, you know, I ran restaurants for 20 plus years and I had tremendous success. Well, let's go back. It all goes back to that key word brand. And if you've built a strong and powerful brand, then suddenly your staff can become brand ambassadors for your business, making friends for your business every night. And in turn, your customers become brand evangelists for your business because they're having so much fun and you're sharing so much value and incredible experiences that then they're all over social media. So we had both. We had staff that were all over every platform, constantly taking videos and photos of all the fun that was going on in our restaurants and the customers were posting pictures of the food and the and the promotions and all the crazy wild stuff we used to do and we had this army of people promoting our brand you know without hiring an agency it was just a simple simple thing so you know restaurants can start with that and then as they get some success then they can progress as obviously the revenues increase and, and their following increases and all that sort of thing. So I, I really appreciate that topic and, and getting on that. Um, super cool. So let's get on to Yext. You guys represent a company called Yext, and that's Y-E-X-T. And you put every customer engagement across multiple platforms to work for your client brands. Can you Let's talk all about that, what you guys really do, what your specialties are, and how you can help the audience take all of this to the next level. Yeah, so we are, I guess, to, to really you know, take a step out and realize what we are witnessing in, in the restaurant world. Um, I mean, it, it's a massive shift, uh, and, and it's really overwhelming to think about it, whether you have thousands of locations or a single location restaurant. Um, but the, the platforms that consumers are, are using today to discover a restaurant have fundamentally changed. 
Um, and it used to be as, as a business owner, what you cared about is, is the 10 blue links um, that any searcher would get back on a screen. And then a searcher would click on the, one of those links and then they'd leave that and they'd go to your website. And your website would have great pictures and sometimes music and easy ways to, you know, click for reservations or find your phone number and call and, and all of these things. Um, but that has fundamentally changed. And that website has been flipped upside down. Now what happens is instead of 10 blue links, you get direct answers back uh, or you get three answers back. And that has a major impact on, on every business in the world and especially every restaurant in the world um, being one of those uh, direct answers. So what Yext is doing is giving restaurant brands, all brands, but um, in this case specifically restaurants, the tools uh, to manage all of the public facts about them to give them the best opportunity uh, to rank in unbranded search, to be that direct answer, um, and to ensure that all of their information is in a best-in-class place uh, to help them uh, rank in, you know, for for voice search or for chatbots um, and for all of these new services out there. So at its core, we have a, a number of different products. Um, ones includes our, our listings management product, which allows you to manage your name, address, and phone number um, across 100 different places online. We have a menus product, which allows you to manage your menus, your structured menus everywhere it lives. A reviews product, um, which allows you to manage uh, all of your reviews across dozens of different places and understand the analytics behind them. Um, in addition to a number of other products and services that allow brands to take control of all of the public facts about them everywhere that they live online. That's powerful stuff. That's amazing. Whoa. So we can go to your website and get a free demo to see all this stuff works? Uh, I mean, you could definitely you'd learn everything about the business online, that's for sure. Uh, and then you can request a demo. Um, de the demo around here is a little different than I think other companies. Um, but essentially, you know, people look at it like, oh, I don't, I don't have time to learn something new or, you know, I don't want to download software and institute this into my business model. Um, essentially, the, the, the UI, the user interface of Yex is, well, if you can up update a Facebook profile, you could probably update Yex. So if somebody's interested in learning more, or wants to get a demo, I, I would encourage them to go to the website, take a look around, and then click the get a demo button, and then we'll hook you up with somebody. And Rev, you make a joke about if, if you can update Facebook, you can update Yex. If you could send a text message, oh, you can true. update Yex, because we just launched a product that allows restaurant operators to actually text Yex when their hours change, and automatically their awesome. hours would change on their website, on Google, on Bing, on everywhere their information lives online, all via a text message. So we're making it super easy for operators and thinking about independent operators when they're back in the kitchen and they you know, want to respond to a review uh, or a franchisee um, that wants to update their hours on, uh, on their corporate page. Um, we give them the tools to do that. You mentioned a key word earlier in this uh, in the podcast, and that word is relevance. You know, restaurants absolutely have to stay relevant today, or they will be a statistic really quickly. And all the stuff we're talking about here is just one of those 
it would just jump right back out at me if I was running restaurants today. This is such cutting edge stuff, but you really have to stay ahead of the curve to build your brand and to continue to dominate your competition and to build that business. And this is all, these are all key, you know, nuggets of information and, and, you know, strategies that'll help restaurants do that. So relevance is the word and yes seems to be exactly what they need to look at to see if we can move this thing forward and stay ahead of that curve. I really appreciate your bringing that to you know the forefront of what you guys specialize in. One thing I didn't ask you is how did you get into you know the hospitality space and what is your background in hospitality or uh, food service operations? Uh, so, so this is Rev just to, to level set. Uh, I have sort of an interesting story. I'm a serial agency owner uh, and I own an agency in the music business before downloads was a thing. Uh, sort of dates me a little bit too. But anyway, downloads happened and I looked at my business partners and was like, uh-oh, we better figure something out. The world's about to learn that music is free. And they uh, they didn't necessarily agree with me. So I started a different agency that that, that sort of just zigzagged a little. And I, pi- I really was a pioneer in how bands were using social media. And I was also a food fanatic. So I was writing a hamburger blog on the side. And restaurants were seeing what I was doing with social media and rock and roll bands and also like my passion for hamburgers. And restaurants started calling me and saying, hey, you know what you did for that band that just won a Grammy? Can you do that for my barbecue restaurant? And it was like, "Uh, yes. And (laughs) I started to dabble in uh, digital marketing and social media for restaurants. And I happened to like really like it. Um, And then I guess really where the rubber hits the road here in my story is I went and then opened a bar restaurant and I learned – firsthand that operations is one thing, but marketing is another thing. And uh, I was really good at marketing and really bad at operations, which is why I don't own a restaurant and now do uh, consulting and hospitality marketing. So, but that's my story. That's a great story. That's what, thanks for sharing that. You know, that a lot of stuff came out of the blue and I wouldn't have guessed before you actually told us that stuff. That That's a really interesting um, knowledge set and, and story. So how about you, Lee? Tell us about your journey in hospitality and food service and how all this comes together. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it, it actually started with a, a love for, for just food. Uh, and I've never been a, a picky eater, but um, I remember I, I got a job uh, in high school um, that was working for a catering company. And this catering company, uh, they, they told us that uh, when we were passing hors d'oeuvres to never leave one on the tray, just just bring that back and, and eat it for yourself. Um, so I, I did this with a friend of mine. And, and so with always the last appetizer, we made sure that, that we brought it back and we made a plate for ourselves at the end of the night. Um, but the thing is, is this food was, was really fancy and really unique and stuff that I've never tried before. Um, so we, we started experimenting with all these um, this amazing food and really opened my eyes up. Um, to uh, how amazing the hospitality industry is. Um, so I, I built a passion from that. Um, and then I ended up going to journalism school, um, but not wanting to be a reporter, learn more about the technology uh, and the changing uh, media industry landscape. Um, so I use that with uh, my combination of love for food and uh, have been within the food technology space uh, for my entire career. Um, so I, I started really early on at a startup that had been acquired a few times, um, joined a, a company that focused on independent small chain pizzerias, uh, for a few years and really just 
developed a love for, uh, for the industry and the technology uh, that supports it. Uh, everyone from uh, you know small to medium size uh, restaurant brands and uh, and independent locations all the way to uh, to the big chains are, are brands that I've worked with uh, from the technology side um, and you know really just have, have built a passion for the food that they serve uh, and the the industry that that they cater to. So you both have extensive experience. You understand the restaurant and hospitality space, and you're in a really good position to advise your clients. That's awesome. Uh, Rev, you're literally from the inside looking out because you were an operator, and you got a real good taste of that. And Lee, from the outside looking in, I mean, you guys got a real good uh, skill set that's, that's super helpful. Is there anything that we've missed in this conversation that I either haven't asked you or that you'd like to tell the audience all about what you do and how you can help? No, I think I think we covered a lot of it. I think what's you know most important is uh, you know we the the shift that's happening with the way that consumers interact with businesses um, is uh, it, it's thrilling, it's exciting, uh, but it, I can imagine for for an operator definitely scary. Um, and it's amazing that you know we speak with operators that. Uh, have again like thousands and thousands of locations, um, but also brands that have one or two locations, um, and and they're fearful of the same things, and they're also asking similar questions of Do I do this myself? Do I ask someone for help to do it? Do I outsource it, etc. And uh, I think it's it's important to always partner with someone, whether that's Yext or your POS company or the, the guy that, you know, that's your distributor, uh, making sure that you have partners out there that are supporting you uh, as the industry changes and that will um, you know, listen to you but also advise you uh, on, uh, on where the industry is going. And, and that's why what we try and be at Yext, I know that's what Rev and I try and be, um, being on, you know, podcasts and going to conferences and, and whatnot. Um, but it's definitely, uh, it's definitely an interesting time and, uh, there are people out there to help. So, uh, be sure to take advantage. What platforms do you want to share so that the audience can either follow you or reach out to you uh, in addition to your website, which is yext.com? I'll put that in the show notes as well. Well, this is an interesting question because, well, we're, you know, we're both on all the social media platforms, but Lee and I both use our first and last names as our social media handles. So he is Lee Zucker on LinkedIn and Instagram, and I am RevCNCO on LinkedIn and, uh, and Instagram. So, and Twitter as and Twitter well. as well, yeah. Okay, I got Lee Zecker. So was it it was Rev Ciancio and that's yes, the sir. handle? Oh, so just your full names on those platforms. Yep. Yeah, and nice and easy to find. Yeah, exactly. It shows that we were ahead of the curve before anyone took our uh, <laughs> our handles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. You guys are brand building as well. Personal yeah, brand building. Honestly, anybody that's listening to the show, if you have questions or you, you need clarification or you, you want that demo or you, you honestly got Lee and I are really happy to answer questions, really happy to answer anything you have. And it's our first initial last name or I'm just rev at yex.com or you know, lzucker at yex.com. We, we are absolutely happy to talk to anybody about this kind of stuff. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, guys, that was a great interview. I learned a lot. I'm sure the audience did as well. And it was all about brand building and reputation management, influencer campaigns. I mean, digital knowledge management. We pretty much covered the gamut. That was the Restaurant Rockstars podcast, guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next time.
Thanks, guys. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. That was, that was great. Thanks for listening to, to the, the Restaurant Rockstars Podcast. For lots of great resources, head over to restaurantrockstars.com. And while you're there, download a copy of the book, Rock Your Restaurant. It's a game changer. See you next time.